comrades, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 194. Uh, it's going live for our beautiful patrons on August 16th, 2021, and going live for everyone else August 18th. This is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. I'm one of those people. My name's Steven, so the PH and an A, but you can call me Steven instead of Stefan, unlike so many people do on their first attempt. Joining me, of course... The other main dude behind CanadianGameDevs.com. I like the, sn- the Snickers, Steve. They help. Steven, <laughs> with a PH and an E, but we say Steve, so it's Steven and Steve, and no one's ever been confused. We got that down to a science. It's just funny, because sometimes I, I also get Stefan. So I can only <laughs> imagine, like, how often it happens to you. Like, Stefan. It must be every, it must My be fifth grade teacher called me Stefan until, like, almost <laughs> May, and she was like, wait, I hear the other kids calling you Steven. Is it Steven? I'm like, yeah. And she was like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> she was so upset. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we do. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to start teasing things up top, Steve, before we get into paperwork. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about the all new, uh, pale male French studio, as I saw Akita Jackson put on Twitter that caused quite the controversy when people were pointing out, Hey, maybe starting a new studio with like 30 people on it in 2021 and no girls is a little weird, but you know, gamers took it in stride. Uh, I also want to bring up a special game on Wishlist this that appeals to my Irish roots, Steve. And uh, at the what we've been playing, I want to talk about Nuts, the first game I would describe as a as a watch like, as in Firewatch like. Mm. Okay. 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 Wait, I'm, I'm excited because we have. I I think I bought Nuts on Switch. Mm-hmm. It was, and it was it, also it was on Apple Arcade. Arcade. Right? Yep, that's yeah. where I tried to play it first. Don't recommend it. On a phone, at least, with a controller. On an iPad with a controller, it's probably better. Okay. But let's start. I look forward. I look forward. Good, good. Look forward to that and more after our our, our shuffling paperwork up top. Uh, CanadianGameDevs.com is, of course, supported by our amazing patrons over on Patreon.com slash CanadianGameDevs. Back us there for Discord perks, 2D early access to this recording, game key giveaways, discounts for Canadian gaming events. Uh, and shoutouts at the end of every episode and more, including physical merch like stickers, t-shirts, and a sweater? Question mark. I'll check. Uh, I, I still has... have a few sweaters. You're you. I gave you a job to get the mugs going. I don't know if you did it. Sounds we have like did. we have uh, physical mugs now through Patreon. <laughs> oh, you're printing yourself on spot. And then our top tier will uh, highlight you at the front of every show, like our main man Eric Beer. Go to thebotbook.com, the B-O-T book. Uh, Eric and the team at joydrop.co is also looking for speaker sponsors and attendees for Game Slice 2021. Um, yeah, get your games in there. They've got uh, a lot of cool, amazing sponsors to announce, uh, and I'm very interested. And Steve and I will be doing a little something there, we think, as in some sort of let's play with some of these games and give our opinions as we do at the end of the show, like uh, you all love. What do you think, mm-hmm. Steve? I like it. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the top of the show, I'm going to keep plugging the Indian Residential School Survivor Society. Uh, there were a lots of land defenders out in full force in Hamilton this week, toppling statues of John A. McDonald. Salute to the comrades. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's clean up this this country. All right, Steve. Jobs at the top of the show. Gene Leggett, our patron, is of course still looking for a part-time producer. Or sorry, will be still will be. looking around October, well, so- November. So you should yeah, follow I was talking him on Twitter. Her- yeah, I was talking to her on, uh, I was DMing, we were DMing each other, and, and uh, she was mentioning October, November, she'll be looking for that, so. Mm-hmm. Follow her anyways, because she's awesome, good friend of the show. So. True. In uh, Bellwood Studios in Toronto is looking for a senior game developer for Unity Engine, mm-hmm. uh, so if you want to work with Bellwood Studios, uh, what are they working on? I, I remember It's like, a, they called it, they called it a, like... Because they ask for basically familiar with other simulation management games such as SimCity or City Skylines, Crusader Kings franchise, Democracy franchise, Capitalism games, and Tycoon games. I think, what did they say? You'll be working on our first major title, Project Mayor, a city simulation slash political management game where you play as the mayor and build the city of your dreams while dealing with the politics of your decisions. Holy moly. We're looking for an applicant who is enthusiastic about simulation games, yada, 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 yada. Unity using C Sharp for release on Windows slash Mac. They've been posting our... um, in our Discord under uh, the, the shameless one. plugging, uh, shameless plugging, but also work in progress. That's one, right? Yeah, work in progress. So there's a few um, there's a few screenshots there that look actually pretty sweet. So they it is work in office or from home, but they do prefer 
the Office Toronto developers, just as mm. FYI, but they do say from home as well. Um, and uh, yeah, anyways, you can check out the post. It's Blue Bellwood Studios. So sweet. Uh, and also, friend of the site, Eric Beer's company, Joy Drop Co., will be looking for Unity and Unreal developers soon, but we don't have links for those yet. But stay tuned. That may be my cat in the recording. Oh, I see. I yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that picks up. Yeah, I, I hear it. So okay, so. good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> announcing his presence. Uh, we got two events we've been plugging, of course. Game Slice coming this fall, Tuesday, <laughs> September 21st, 23rd. Uh, Thursday, September 23rd. Uh, it'll be online. And yeah, tickets are still available. Still looking for games. Go check it out. Uh, and Friday, October 22nd, Game Dev Atlantic. It's going by the Nova Scotia Interactive Society. Got it. Uh, a day-long conference celebrating and fostering the growth of game development in Atlantic Canada. Ah, that's perfect. See, that's where we shuffle some paperwork. And uh, it's good. It's good. You still with me, Steve? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm, oh, I'm wow. sorry. It was, a, it was a very pregnant pause. No, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, no, no, no. It's <laughs> uh, difficult when you're not in the room where you can just like look at each other. Although we've is. never, we've only met in person like once. So <laughs> that is weird, huh? <laughs> it is. It is a little strange. I feel like I'm so used to your voice. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and it's your true. face, because I see it in a little Skype icon. Yeah. All the time, but uh, yeah, we've only met the one time, and it was very early on too, right? It was like. It was yeah, that EGLX. was October, and I started in July or June. Yeah, because I huh. it was I think I was supposed to be at that EGLX, and Sebastian and his partner did did the booth for Canada Game Devs Champs, and because uh, Sophia was like ten, like I think it was like the weekend after she was born, and that's uh, crazy. At first, like m- my wife and I were like, she was like, "You can do it, like do EGLX, it'll be fine." And then as we got closer to the date, I was like, "No, that we can't. I can't do that." <laughs> so nuts i'd be so tired and, re- and useless so uh anyways yeah we've only met each other once but anyways huh well our Steve, love for canadian games <laughs> is what unites us like <laughs> all yeah. these canadian games that came out in the past two weeks of course we missed that week's episode stuff came up but that's okay we got a, a, a healthy handful of games uh several of which were announced available now which is always fun during those indie streams uh, first up, coming to us from Calgary, Alberta, Atrio the Dark Wild is out now in Steam Early Access. We've talked about this one before. Weird clown mouth guy. Uh, apparently the trailer is really, really funny. I haven't actually sat down and watched it, but Derek Liu, who does a lot of, like if you've seen an indie game trailer, he probably made it. I uh, was like, wow, the Atrio trailer is like amazing. So everyone should go watch mm-hmm. that because that's pretty good authority on game trailers. Yeah, actually, I, I haven't watched it since the Wishlist segment, so. And the top funny review currently is, were you also someone who played Factorio 40 hours at a stretch? Time for round two. There you go. So if you like Factorio, apparently they have a, oh, they have a lot of reviews, too. That's good. Yeah. Uh, they will be in early access until dun, 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 one year. Subject to change. <laughs> Typical. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also announced... Uh, Avail- available that day, previously no release date, Boyfriend Dungeon from Kit Fox in Montreal, Quebec is out now on Steam, Nintendo Switch, Epic Game Store, Xbox, and Itch.io, which is, of course, where you should buy it to give them the best support possible. Actually, I saw get an interesting thread about that. Yeah, get fucked, PlayStation. PlayStation is bad for indies. Uh, I saw an interesting <laughs> thread about that this week uh, from Doc Squiddy, who was narrative on Hard Space for a bit, um, mm. and did some other games like Adios, uh, that... They would argue like Steam and Itch.io, depending on how big your game is, like if you're only going to get a handful of sales, Itch.io is the way to go. But for games like Audios, he gets a bigger cut on Itch.io, but the more reviews he gets on Steam, the bigger uh, his reach gets there and the more people are buying games on Steam. So it, it isn't as black and white as I make it out to be, I think. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, Steam's reach is unparalleled. So it's like... Top dog. Whatever, whatever itch.io is, because can't can't you? It's a scale, right? You can make it one hundred percent zero if you're one hundred mm-hmm. exactly, more, right? So no matter what, you know, there's there might be you're going to get more sales potential, like units sold on Steam mm-hmm. versus anything else, really. It's true. So yeah, just something to consider. Uh, also consider <laughs> boyfriend dungeon, date your weapons, romance swords. Shack and slash wow did i miss that last time <laughs> that's amazing it's 
Uh, we've covered this game a whole bunch, Steve. Uh, it's the massive Kickstarter success from Kit Fox finally out. Um, yeah, the swords are also hot people who you can talk to and date when you're not using them in dungeons for hack and slash combat. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong here. It's just a good time all around. Very everyone, positive uh, on Steam too. So it's true. Everyone should go read Kenneth Shepherd's review uh, on Fanboy. I think Kenneth's from Toronto. Don't quote me on that, but it's a good review. Uh, also from Toronto, Dwaros is yeah. out now on Xbox and PlayStation and left early access on Steam or was it no Steam no no Steam? Sorry, it was out on Steam like last year. Ah, like okay, it, like it, it's just the normal. Like it, it yeah, it, it was a Steam game launched 1.0 or whatever back in the day, and now it's just on now it's on PlayStation Xbox. What with, my curators say, Steve, on Steam for Doros. <laughs> Doros is a nifty city builder with a humorous script featuring a trio of protagonists similar to platformers like Trine or Cave Story, but deployed in a third-person adventure city builder from CanadianGameDevs.com. What? Where's that? Oh, yeah. Look Did I that, write huh? that? I might. I don't, I don't know. That's way One too. One of us wrote that. That's way too many big words for me to write. I don't. Right, I might have written that, that but okay. uh, <laughs> I, I agree with what that says. And uh, now, now Dwarves is out on PlayStation Xbox. Nice. Are you gonna get it on PlayStation, Steve? I want to get it. So this is the thing, right? I own it mm-hmm. on Steam, and now it's now it's a race against the clock because it's forty bucks on playstation which isn't a bad price but it's a bad price when you own it on steam Mm. so it's a race against the clock of when it gets to a sale that i'm comfortable with on playstation versus steam deck Mm. it's basically it's basically what's going to happen i I imagine me too i imagine once it gets to that 25 20 25 range i'm going to cop it so it's it's a race against the clock there or when i just kind of feel like i showed it to heather and she was like, yo, this is my fucking jam. I want to play this. And I was there like, we well, I have, it on, I have it on Steam and PC. She's like, ah, that's fine. Let's just, we'll get it on PS4 whenever it's cheaper. And I was like, all right. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's fair. You know what else is a race against the clock, Steve? What's that? Fire Tonight, a narrative Ooh, puzzle game right. for Reptoid Games in Toronto about two people trying to find their way back to back together in a city on fire. Uh, of course, I've been covering this one for a while. It's finally out. Go check it out. looks gorgeous. What do we got for reviews so far? 13 positive reviews. And the funniest is none yet. That's okay. You can go write the first funny review for <laughs> Fire Tonight on Steam. Still on its launch sale until August 19th. So you got time even if you're listening on the day this goes live. It's, it's a lot cheaper than, than I thought. It's only five bucks. Yeah, I think it's a shorter experience. At least that's the vibe uh, I get from it. I don't actually know that for sure at all. So don't quote me on that. Imagine it's like a hundred hours. It's like an 80 hour RPG. Uh, also out this past two weeks, uh, half their team in Kingston, which just means one of the two people, or I think there might be three or a third, uh, Dreamscaper from Afterburner Studios. Uh, wow. Already at 1,244 very positive reviews. And uh, yeah, it's an endlessly replayable action roguelike with walking dreaming gameplay cycle. So in the dream world, you're attacking, uh, getting abilities and upgrades on your run and then uh when you die you wake up and there's like this whole social link overworld level where you're going to different buildings and hanging out with people building relationships that of course have an effect on the dream world steve what more can we say yeah i mean it it looks awesome i i i have to take a break from roguelikes so <laughs> just i just can't do it right now so i want to i want to play this but maybe by the time that I'm feeling a rope like it'll be on uh, it'll be on PlayStation. On my, Fair. On my PlayStation. The top funny Pass. top funny review is never have I ever felt so calm while whilst bashing someone's head in. I don't think that's especially <laughs> funny. So that's that's kind. <laughs> uh, good effort. That, that that sort of hints that he might have done it before without being calm, though. I, yeah, there's lots of things I don't like about that. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of things right. I do like about Rocket Rumble. Uh, from St. Catherine's-based Pixel Knots Games, which is out now in early access. It's 12 bucks, Steve. That's nothing. They have a big, beautiful roadmap going all the way to Q2 2022 uh, with a bunch of stretch goals. If they hit certain player milestones, that's new. I've never seen that. Mm. So if they can hit 50,000 players, they'll add a capture the flag mode. If they can add hit 100,000 players, they'll put a roguelike story mode. Whoa. Speaking of, 
No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to help get them to that player account, uh, yeah, Rocket Rumble out now on Steam. And lastly today, from Toronto-based developer Jamhammer is Schwip. Dominate the global leaderboard, Steve. As you face off against an unrelenting geometric force, Schwip combines twin-stick arcade action with tight controls, insane pixel destruction, and devastating weapons and abilities. Sounds great. Also, got one user review so far, and they say this game is good. There you go. I bought Rocket Rumble. I didn't mean to play it. I haven't played it yet. And then we both own Schwip. I think they gave us codes for it. And I said I we would play it, and uh, I'm sorry. We have we, to. We, we haven't played it for this episode, so next episode we should next play Next episode. We'll sh- get Schwippy sh- with it. I was Because I did play another Twin Stick shooter, which we'll get to. And I, so I was going to try to make this the Twin Stick shooter weekend, but uh, mm. that failed miserably. Okay. Okay. All right, Steve, time for the news. The big, dumb, stupid Twitter <laughs> slash game news this past week was the former developer, like designer of Journey to the Savage Planet, which was a Google Stadia exclusive, I think, on PC. Uh, Alex Hutchinson has announced they are opening a new studio in Montreal called, what was this guy, like a raccoon name? Some dumb raccoon name. Oh, I think it's... Uh, yeah, Raccoon Logic? I, I think it's called Raccoon Logic. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Hutchinson is famous for being the person who said lots of things, actually. Uh, one of them that uh, streamers should pay developers to stream mm-hmm. their games. Uh, also said it was too hard to get women into, I think, Far Cry 4 uh at the time because they're too hard to animate which was actually the second time that excuse has been used by ubisoft developer which is very funny uh yeah just the loads of very oh uh tug your collar opinions and this week announced their new studio in gama sutra posting a picture of 20 20 very white dudes on the back steps of their studio building uh yeah and uh yeah a bunch of people were like hey you're getting a bunch of VC funding, VC money to start this new studio, and you go just like and ten cent money, and ten cent money. You go whole sausage fest. Like, what's up with that? And then uh, a bunch of people, like you pointed out, Mitch Dyer's good uh, replies. Yeah, because really... it's like because Jason Schreier, being the dink that he is, just had a really <laughs> dinky comment. Although it didn't like, I don't think he at it's, or I think he just like went to the Game Future thing. But then mm. Mitch Dyer actually had like a good kind of feedback because it's very hard and almost impossible to get good feedback on twitter or just exchange in a good conversation Mm -hmm. but it's like it's like the thing is like it's almost impossible to do this by every metric in terms of just like hiring apparently there is like one woman she just wasn't like that was the joke she was on she was having trouble getting back into the country for covid stuff so it's like Every metric, it's almost impossible to do this. Like, if you're hiring randomly or if you're hiring, like, the best talent. Like, it's 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 impossible to have this sort of outcome unless you're just kind of bringing on your buddies. You know what I mean? So, it's... Oh, it's 100%. There were no applications for this initial studio. Yeah, like, it, no one was interviewed <laughs> for this initial startup studio. 20 people is a lot to start a studio with, too. Like, this is a big investment. Like, it's That's not like salaries. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's not like it's four dudes just getting together. Mm-hmm. Like it's 21 people or something like that where that's that's not an insignificant amount of money, especially, you know, just consider like making a game would take three years minimum. So three times just sa- the salary of 20 people like is, is insane, not to mention all the other costs and stuff. So it's it's yeah, it's I mean, the thing is, it was such a, it was like a conversation and then like it kind of just died the next day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. this is like the second Quebec studio that this has happened for. I forget what the other one was. Wasn't there another one that we were... Because they had, like, a female Viking logo. Oh, everyone, I everyone dunked that. On, everyone dunked on them because they're like, you put a female in your logo but not in your fucking team. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it's it's comical at this point. You got to laugh about it or you'll cry about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess... I didn't play Journey to Savage Planet, though. Did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. Apparently it was uh, good, so... Yeah. There you go. So... If you want to be one of the most uncomfortable people in any social space, uh, they're looking for <laughs> more talent. Um, so go apply there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Anywho, 
in better news, Chivalry 2, a game that's been, uh, I think as you pointed out, getting a lot of flack for some cross-play oh, issues. Yeah, and, it's getting ripped apart. Uh, I don't know if that flack is entirely fair. Um, I think, you know, it launched at, like, bargain price. Like, it wasn't a full-price game. Mm-hmm. And they've, you know, had, as far as your connection goes, I haven't had connection issues or seen connection issues reported. It's mainly just the functionality of playing with people cross-platform just isn't what people want. And so it's getting ripped apart. Yeah, my understanding is that, like, cross-platform is impossible. Like, it's not there. Like, I can't play with any On PS4, pardon me, I can't play with anyone on Xbox or on PC or whatever. Mm-hmm. In, a te- in a team. So cross-play, because that's the thing. They announced, like, cross-play. So I play with, like, PC users all the time, or when I, when I did play it. And uh, and then everyone just assumed that meant like also teaming up with friends and no, no. But apparently on PC there is like trouble with like teaming up with friends and stuff like that. And you know this Discord is like f- the most toxic shit ever. Like the Reddit, the subreddit is actually decent, but the the Discord is like pretty toxic. But anyways, they they had a patch of like new content basically, and apparently there's some fixes in there. And it's hard and the to gauge. First big update, Steve. House mm-hmm. of Galencourt. Mm-hmm. New uh, city siege map, the new courtyard map, uh, 60 new customization options, uh, an arena mode, and an arrow cam for replays. You can like put the video camera on the arrow yeah, as it flies. Cool. Yeah, so, I haven't had yeah. a, I haven't had a chance to dive into it yet. But um, mostly because it's like I'm just like waiting. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't because the thing is, like, I had some server issues, but it, what like it that was only the first day or two. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have any friends that play it anyway. So, like, all these party issues, like, are not, like, are unnoticeable. Or, yeah, are unnoticeable to me. Like, I don't even, I didn't even know that was an issue because I just don't know any a single person that has this game. I don't know if Aaron bought it. But um, I I do keep meaning to, like, dive back in. I want to play it more. So, I don't know. Yeah, I now there's, it now, now there's more stuff. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure, like, by the time it comes out on Steam because it was the Epic Game Store Exclusive. Uh, exclusive. Yeah. I'm sure once it comes out on Steam, whenever that is, they'll have that shit sorted out. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, EA, Steve, might have heard of. Uh, they love buying studios and then killing them and selling their harvested babies <laughs> for $79.99 10 years later. They're opening a new studio in Vancouver that's 70% more energy efficient than a standard office building. And I don't know, I just saw this game in the street is, and I was like, Awesome. <laughs> cool. That's cool. I guess uh, it's good to be energy efficient. Did they say anything about what they'll work on? Like, is it another respawn? Uh, this, um, it's an extension to EA's Burnaby Studio, which is responsible for all mm. the big sports games, including FIFA. Mm. So, cool. yeah, more of that. Um, the big con is getting just loads of love and attention, and I'm so happy it is, and we're going to give it some more. It's got a new pre-launch trailer. Um Wait a minute. This is a different game. What did you oh, link did to? Oh, did I link to the wrong game? You did. Come on, Steve. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, but yeah, it's coming out uh, at the end of the month on Xbox and Steam. I believe that's it. Um, I assume this is going to be one of those ones that in a year or two just hits Switch and PlayStation like around the same time. That's I been happening well. a lot. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's just Xbox and Steam, and the yeah, because they've been part of the like the Xbox August thirty first, uh, the ID and Xbox program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big. I'm pre- I'm pretty excited for this one, especially because as a '90s kid, you know. But I I just figured, yeah, it, it, get, coming up to launch August thirty first, like it's you know get, we're get some hype. Away, so yeah, hype, hype, put, hype, some, hype, hype, put hype. some respect on the big con's name, um, including. Uh, Lava Lamps, Steve, which is something. I'm trying to rack my uh, head for another game I've seen with one in it. If you can, let me know. Mm. There might be one in Gone Home. I don't know. That was probably a little too ahead of that. Yeah, maybe. So I was like late 90s. Hustle your way across 90s America as a runaway teen con artist. Choose how to make your scratch as you don disguises, pickpockets, and rip people off in a comedic crime-filled adventure. Amazing. You know what else is a comedic crime-filled adventure? <laughs> Come on, uh, the Avengers <laughs> uh, is developed in Montreal, and they're getting the Wakanda: Colon Fathers and Sons uh, expansion August seventeenth 
Oh, wait, I, I read that wrong. It's Wakanda expansion, but this tweet is Road to Wakanda, colon, fathers and sons, prepare for the war. It looks yeah. like more Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. I yeah. I keep wanting, like, if it gets trophies, I'll dive back in. I'm wondering okay. if they've gone online or anything like that. Because there's been a lot of, because I, I don't think I've played since even the two new characters that came out, uh, mm-hmm. Hawkeye and Lady Hawkeye, whatever her name is. That's still so um, funny to me that the first two characters after the game <laughs> came out were both bow and arrow characters. I know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but um, I assume that this block, um, Black Panther plays a lot like Black Widow as well because they're just both like melee fighters or whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, I'll, I'm, again, yeah, if there's new trophies, I'll dive back in. It looks pretty sweet looking at some of the you know gameplay, but like you said, it looks just like Avengers. But I like, I think I like this game more than others. Okay. And it's been... When did it come out? Did it come out last year? September last year, right? Was it last year? No. Or was it two years ago? There's no way it was two years ago. That would be crazy. It was No, it was August 2020. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Holy moly, Steve. Don't scare me like that. (laughs) It's too much time to pass. Um, So yeah, about a year later or whatever. I wonder... Now I'm wondering what they'll do after this. If like this is... Apparently, Spider-Man is still coming this year. I, I saw a tweet like that, too. Spider-Man was exclusive to, like, PlayStation only, and everyone got upset. And now no one no one will care by the, point, by the time it comes Big out. Big sad. Big sad. Oh, they have a UI update, too. Interesting. Interesting. You know what better game is getting a big update, Steve, when it comes to PlayStation this fall? Mm. A Short Hike. Mm. Developed oh, by really? Toronto-based Adam Robinson U. You know how so A Short Hike has that, like, fuzzy pixel style? Yeah. Uh, there'll be an option to change to smooth mode where everything does actually legit just look like you just turn the, the fuzzy filter off and it's all smooth. Mm, I probably won't do that. I probably won't do that, to be honest. But. No, I probably won't either, but I'm glad that's an option because I love that. Yeah. Uh, but, yep, they announced uh, in the indie uh, PlayStation thing two weeks ago, uh, Short Hike, coming this fall. It'll run in 4K on PS4 Pro and PS5, so... Hot damn, and I'm going to mess around with smooth mode for sure. That will probably be an easy platinum, too. I got to imagine. Dude, what if they rip you off with, like, the three bronze again or something? Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Uh, you know who probably won't rip you off? Uh, Witchwood, which is also coming to PlayStation uh, from Alien Trap Games. Uh, I want to see if they throw a release date in here. But, yeah, we've been covering <laughs> this one for a while. Uh, it'll say PS4, PS5, Fall 2021. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, which would, if people haven't heard us talk about it in wishlist this before, uh, let's see. Oh, I should go to the steam page. This is just all story stuff. Um, but you've been covering this one since like the start of the site, Steve. Right? I think, I think this is one of the last like Toronto game devs.com like, huh. like, uh, stories that I did or whatever. It's a land of gothic fables, a crafting adventure game set in a land of gothic fables and fairy tales as the old witch of the woods explores strange countryside, collect magical ingredients, and brew spells, pass judgment upon a capricious cast of characters. Excellent pitch. Gorgeous looking game. And it's coming to PlayStation. Probably same date because the Steam page also says 2021. Mm. All right. If you, if you want a fun uh, roguelike from, from these guys, Cryptarch is a 2D like space Twin stick shooter one, it's pretty good. It's hard, fucking hard, but uh, I do like good. twin stick shooter, Steve. And it's, it's a local co op too, so which is really sweet. Even better. Cool. All right, Steve, it's time for wish list. This uh, every week on the pod, I pick three upcoming Canadian made games that Steve has to add to his wish list right now. The first one today comes to us from Quill Studios, makers of Ashiba Inu. Uh, the game, the narrative. Ooh, what are they called? Visual visual novels. Visual novels, yeah. Yeah, that, that stole our hearts. Uh, their next game, Death Becomes You, is coming out soon, according to the Steam page. Quote, a murder mystery set in a magical university. You find your best friend dead and four hmm. suspicious students lingering around the scene. Who's lying? Dig deep into their minds and find out the truth. Um, yeah, this game. That's so sad. It's looking... Uh, one of the gifs is just you in. It's the TikTok meme where it's like POV. You're in my lap, but they're in like a field of meadows or a, a bunch of <laughs> flowers flying around. I think this game may have some some romance in it. Um, but yeah, it's very anime style characters uh, with it with like a sort of crunchy pixel 
not crunchy pixel, but you know how uh, the sprites and the UI kind of look pixely in a way that seems deliberate? Yeah. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. Five bad endings, four character roots, plus endings, and mystery endings. <laughs> Sounds like mm. this. Wink, wink. Or, or question mark mystery endings, so unknown amount of mystery endings. So, um, um, Steve, what do you think? I like it. I like choose your own adventure games. Um, the premise seems pretty sweet. You know, magic, you know, murder, murder magic, I guess. Um, yeah, seems pretty cool. Is it coming to other things? Um, let me go to their press kit because they have one of those, which is really helpful. Quote, that's why, that's Wink why the Studios. Vita needs to come back. The Vita? Yeah, this would have been perfect on Vita. You know what? You're right. It would have been. But now uh, instead, I got to fucking play it on Switch or something, which doesn't, which won't give me a platinum. They don't have the new game on their press kit yet, but previously they've put out games on Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, Mac, Linux. So yeah, the summer was Shiba Inu. I played on, I played on uh, PlayStation, PS4. So they have the they have the technology and the skills. So <laughs> who knows <laughs> whether this one will? But I believe. Cool, uh, Steve. Is Death Becomes You on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. Next game today on wish list. This is Blue June, which we covered the Kickstarter before, but they have a legit full Steam page up now. I want to direct everyone's attention to. Uh, yeah, we talked about the Kickstarter. Uh, it's just kind of a solo developer in Toronto who successfully got enough funding to make this 2.5D story-driven adventure game. Kind of gives me like Oxenfree vibes in the presentation of it. And uh, you said like Inside Limbo, but in that Oxenfree, you go like left and right a lot and like re- revisit places while doing things with your inventory and talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike uh, Insider Limbo, where you're kind of just always going right. Mm-hmm. Unless this is like that, but I don't think it is because there's like a central university location, and no, I don't think it is like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, got a full Steam page up with some beautiful, beautiful gifts, Steve. As someone who's struggled to make gifts, uh, I'm really picking up what they're putting down. Uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, like I, I do, I still get those the Limbo vibes, or whatever, and. Um... I mean, this, yeah, the game seems really, really cool, and uh, I don't think I have anything else more <laughs> than from the last time we talked about. It, but the, the studio's name is Tiny Dodo, which is also very good. I like it. But yeah, uh, I mean, it does look pretty sweet. So fully fun on Kickstarter, because yeah, they just barely they barely hit it, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now because I played like played it for like ten minutes or so, the, the walk, the, it reminds me, it gives me some backbone. Uh, vibes too in just terms of like the interacting with stuff and whatnot so Mm -hmm. Uh, I like it do you like enough to put Blue June on your Steam wish list yes I do excellent Uh, last game today for wish list this is a game that delves into the roots of Irish people Steve Uh, Lorcan the Leprechaun by Hillcrest Games in Winnipeg Uh, is projected to release 2022 they got a Kickstarter uh, notification page to sign up for when it goes live. But they also have the Steam page up, which I love a game with the confidence to be like, hey, <laughs> oh, I'm putting the Steam page up. You can wishlist it. I'm also going to kickstart it. Uh, so, Lorcan, if you go to the Kickstarter page, I really like they've remade the game. They've remade Mario 64 yeah. uh, box art with the leprechaun and the cheesy 90s font. And the game looks, and I, and I say this as someone who loves Mario 64, the game looks a little bit worse than Mario 64, <laughs> but in a way I find very endearing. And uh, I think, I think is a game in a way ukulele tried to modernize the 3d yeah, platformer. I was say, this is not, this is, this is what if we just made the 3d platformer from the nineties again, <laughs> without doing anything to it. Definitely getting like Banjo Kazooie vibes with it too, in terms of just like the colors and, and whatnot. But like you said, yeah, it's, it's, it's not modernized or whatever. It's still just like islands floating in space. Yeah, or and like, like the jump animation, he like freezes while he's in the air with just the fist up. Whereas like, yeah, it's like everything ukulele did to just try and make it feel like a modern game. No, no. Lurkin the Leprechaun looked at the state of 3D platformers and said, reject modernity, embrace tradition. And that's what I'm excited for. Even the butt stomp on the like, on the... <laughs> 
on the like the wooden poles sticking out or whatever you butt stomp them like it is mm-hmm. it's basically just mario 64 you know what i i randomly like thought of remember we were talking about um the uh what was it the the command and conquer no the um, age of empires games how yes. they how they redid them and then they got re- they got rid of like a lot of the native the like uh, they the redid native. a lot of the native uh, representation Be- in that game because it was always like it was always like naturey things or whatever where they could talk to animals and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Every Irish thing ever is always leprechauns, yes, <laughs> or or like stuff like that. It's just made what I randomly thought, but this looks like pretty incredible actually. It looks absurd. Uh, I okay to just give you a taste of the UI, dear listener. In the top left of this gameplay, there's six, eight. Uh, eight four-leaf clovers that can either be filled in gold or black. Uh, there's no order to them. Like, it's not health. Like, it doesn't go from left to right filled in. They're just randomly filled in either gold or black. I have no idea what's happening in this game. There's coins in the top right. Uh, and then one of the screenshots, he's fighting uh, the abominable snowman. This game looks absurd, Steve. And uh, I got to ask, is Lorkin the Leprechaun on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Good. I'm very excited for Lorkin the Leprechaun, Steve. It's my, uh, do you remember when uh, Greg got really into uh, Taco Master? Who? For the Vita? Greg Miller? Oh, oh yeah, 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 Taco yeah, Ma- yeah. This is my Taco Master, Steve. Um, That's fair. I'm, yeah, this is where I'm planting my flag. So, because you mentioned the Kickstarter, let's, a couple quick Kickstarter updates. Crown's Worm. Crowsworn. Crowsworn, Steve. Crow's wow, worn. that was so awesome. <laughs> Continue. It's Crowsworn. Okay. <laughs> Crowsworn. Um, $1.2 million. They gave up adding stretch goals, Steve. Scroll down. At one point, they, they had a million-dollar stretch goal that was like, wow, we're never going to hit that. They hit it, and they were like, wow, okay, we're going to add 1.1 and 1.2, which went like – those are big promises. And then past 1.2, they just put a bunch of question marks. They were like, we don't know what to do with all this money. I'm sorry. You can keep backing us, but we oh, we've yeah. hit our limit of what we can commit to. So what is Sea of Stars? Uh, sea, of, sea, of sea, of, sea of Stars got more than that. Because David asked right away uh, in our Discord. And I was like, no, they definitely made 1. more. 1.6. So they're yeah. 400,000 400, less. So I forget what we bet. Didn't we make a bet about this? We can scroll down to that. Um, our current uh, bets... I don't see anything about the. Uh, uh, maybe we just kind of talked about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I lost. I lost the, the Olympics one. Oh, <laughs> rip! Spoilers. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so uh, Crowsworn blew away their their wildest expectation for the Kickstarter, <laughs> and uh, it seems to be in in good hands and will kick- be co- coming okay. soon. And then a Kickstarter that still needs a little bit more help is the Lux. Permora, the narrative-driven JRPG with elemental puzzles, so the Golden Sun JRPG-inspired game. But they got a uh, they got a uh, game we or a project we love from Kickstarter. Oh, nice! So they're at 20, 20 days to go, so there's still time. But they are at like just over, um, just under eight thousand with sixty-five thousand cool. So they're, I don't know, that's like one eighth of the way there. Um, so they, they still, can do it. I believe they still need some help, but they got twenty days left, so mm-hmm. there's still lots of time. That's okay. There's still time. That's your Kickstarter update. Don't stop taking the. You can't take the. Oh wait, that's the yeah winner guy. Roper report. No, oh, it sounded like you were doing the old. No, I was doing like the, the the sound that plays when you scan a lottery ticket. Winner Ganye. But we already used that for when we buy something on the show. So yeah, that's true. We'll find a new Kickstarter sound. Don't worry. Discord discussion this week, Steve. What do you got for me? Um. So one thing that was like talked about, Dragon Slumber brought it up, is the whole available now if it's like useful, like you know mm. when during like a, an event or whatever, like the Nintendo event, like, how, like boyfriend was, dungeon this past yeah. week. And if it's really like, if it generates more sales or whatever, then you know, building up to the release. So you say like how, um, oh man, we were just talking about it. The the big con game is like August twenty. Like August 31st, 31st yeah. And so you know, getting a lot of hype coverage yeah. and big outlets. Yeah, but then the argument was like, well, okay, if you just do it like during whatever, then no. But if you are like part of like a Nintendo press conference or something like that, then that's mm-hmm. like, that's huge. But I think it was just a discussion around that, like what would be better. And I think it's like case by case of like what 
I is agree. offered to you. If Nintendo, that being said, if Nintendo is like, hey, we want you to be available now, like during this thing, you'll be part of like three other games that do it. Do you want to do it? We're like, probably. <laughs> probably. The thing to remember about Boyfriend Dungeon is they had their money. It was a Kickstarter game. Uh, so the risk, like a lot of games like really need launch day slash week to like set the, like did this game make its money back or not? Um, but they budgeted <coughs> the game out on to do the Kickstarter. So like they were set. So there, I would argue is a little less risk with that. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Um, I don't think we concluded on anything, but I like it. Like what my favorite memories of all the, a lot of these streams is I remember when Tetris 99 was announced and it's available now. And I downloaded it like while the rest of the direct was finishing and like barely got my first win. Like as it ended, I was like, wow, that was awesome. Hmm. So there's, there's a hype. There is a hype to the drop, Steve. I can't remember if I maybe a free to play game, but I don't know if I've ever done it for a, a like if I ever bought one the same day. I can't, remember. I can't think of it. Shout out to my friend Yelena in school. We were watching the Game Awards. I think it would have been 2018 whenever they did the uh, Hades announcement, and it's available in early access on Epic's Game Store now. Like she pulled out her laptop and was like, "Whoop, boop, boop, boop!" It's downloading. And then <laughs> that night. I watched them get to the end of the content in early access. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so like, but like I knew from then that night I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a big game. And so that's why like all the hype around Hades in the past year, I actually just played it for the first time this week because it came to Game Pass. I was like, yeah, I knew Hades was great, but it seemed like all these people who weren't one of the couple thousand who the first night downloaded it in early access uh, were just figuring out how great it was. I found that really interesting. Oh, yeah, I still have that on my Switch, and it just died to me like the rest of all the Switch games because there's nothing. The rest of all your roguelike games, because yeah, that's true. I have to take, I have to stop now. I just you, you gotta just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. Exactly, which is funny because I played one this week. Um, and then last week we were talking about the top three or top five games of all time. It just it just like mm. randomly like came mm. up, and I know, I know my top three, sure. but everything after three is like. That's interesting. Is, why is the why is the top three so secured? I don't know. Just like in my heart of hearts, I just know. So I know like Legend of Zelda, Orcring in Time, and okay. The Last of Us. Yes. Those can be interchanged. Sometimes it's one, two, or two, one, depending sure. on how I'm feeling. Okay. And then number three is Resident Evil 2 Remake. I know. Wow. Not the, even a, an RE game in number one? Like, I feel like that's big for you. No, I, I know like Resident Evil 2 Remake as much as I love it. The things that like, it's still like below those other two games. Huh. Okay. Okay. And then everything else, you know, like obviously, like where's Final Fantasy Seven? It's it's in the top ten, but that's the thing. Like seven or sorry, four through ten switches, and there's games that come in and out of it all all the time. It's volatile. You know, Ninja Gaiden, Super Mario One and Three, Super Mario Sixty Four, fucking Sonic One and Guacamelee, Shinobi, Guacamelee, like countless games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, kind of just like filter in and out of the top 10. But the top three is like secured for some reason. Like the podium at the Olympics, you know. I, right. I know. Although one and two sort of like switched. So the, uh, in, in 2017, I tried to make a list of my top 100 games like I've played. <sighs> and I, I like went through all my trophy achievement data and like my list of games mm-hmm. on my shelf and like figured out I'd played about 600 games. Um, so I was oh, like, geez. oh, that's enough to play. That's enough to do like a top 100. Because if I'd played like 103 games, there's no point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're so, the three games that are not in my top 100. <laughs> exactly. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. And even then, I go back to that list every year and kind of like look at my top 10. And I have it like in a spreadsheet. So I like, I change it a lot. I think about it a lot. But yeah, my, my top three and my top three isn't as secure as yours. It would move around a lot depending on, on how I feel. Um, like Night in the Woods, obviously Celeste, uh, the first Hotline Miami. As far as I think, one of my first like big indie experiences that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's games that don't come in boxes, and they're sometimes more interesting than the games that do come in boxes. Mm. Um, uh, Undertale was huge, and I love the soundtrack in that game. Like that, there, there, like any one of those could be my favorite game, depending on whether I thought about it that day or not. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's it's also like now time because like Ocarina of Time still holds up. It's still a great game. Especially the 3DS it. version, I don't know. 
yeah, the 3DS version is awesome. I played it like two years ago. So it's still great. Whereas Mario 64 would have been in that list at one time. But, you know, I just played it like last year or whatever, whenever that stupid collection came out. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking trash now. Like, it's okay. It I, I love it's Mario hard 64. to play. Okay, so I think it's not the, trash. Okay, it's just it's just difficult to play, and it doesn't have that same feeling as when twelve year old Steve Crane played it, like in nineteen ninety six or whatever. But that's the thing. So twelve year old Steven, well, I guess like five or six year old Steven was playing Mario sixty four because I wasn't allowed to play Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask because of the age rating. So that was like Mario sixty four for me is mm. my favorite N sixty four game because it was that one that Ocarina of Time was for you. Yeah, that's and right. No, I mean we can have until, different top threes as well. I have played Mario 64 running at 120 FPS, free cam, like normal move the camera like a modern game uh, with like really tight keyboard and mouse controls. And that's how it felt playing Mario 64 as a kid for the first time. That emulator actually captures that experience. So that's how everyone should be playing. And that's how Nintendo should have re-released it on Switch, but they're cowards. Yeah, they are cowards. I, I like the fact that Orca in Time 3D like came out and you know I don't think it had the, the camera but the camera was like less of an issue there because it's it's not really platforming. Mm. No, um, and it has a lock-on feature that really makes it so that's all you have to do in combat. Yeah, exactly. So, but playing that on 3DS, they did smooth out the graphics and stuff, and it was like you know same with like Resident Evil 2 remake where I'm like I'm playing it and I'm like this is. This is exactly how I remember playing it when I was like ten, but I know it's not, especially with Resident Evil Two Remake, where it obviously yeah, looked like visually, that. absolutely. But like, um, it's how in my head the game looked back then. Mm-hmm. That's um, I think Wind Waker HD is the other like Wind Waker HD is my favorite Nintendo port because they they actually changed parts of the game that were frustrating and tedious. Yeah, the original. Didn't, didn't they give you like a motor or something like that, or you didn't have to play the whole song to change the wind or something like that? Uh, yeah, there were lots of huge quality of life improvements like that, but a whole section of the game, like the Triforce quest, you have to sail around um, oh, the huge God, open world that. collecting these pieces of the Triforce. Just scrap that, or, or I think they trimmed it down or something, but actually made the game tighter and better, different from the original design, which I think mm. is key. Interesting. I, mm-hmm. I didn't play the remake. My, I watched my friend play, and it was just like it's know, so good. Is, I was like, I remember playing this, and I just never like went back to it or whatever. Speaking about remembering what we've been playing, perfect segue again. We're on roll today, Steve. Mm-hmm. Is our segment? What have we been playing, uh, Steve? I played Nuts. Let me tell you about Nuts. Uh, <laughs> developed by uh, uh, part of the team is in Montreal. The publishers in Saskatoon, Noodle Cake. Uh, so lots of Canadian talent on this game. Uh, it gave me huge Firewatch vibes in that you're in the wilderness, first person, doing a pretty menial task. You're not a Firewatcher. You're a um, squirrel documenter. Uh, the art style is very different where Firewatch went for a very specific kind of looking like real woods art. Uh, Nuts is only ever like two or three colors at a time, and it's always like bright yellow, bright purple, or pink for the sky, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's very stylish uh, in that way. And instead of the puzzle in Firewatch was <clears throat> navigating the forest with like a real compass and map in the game that you were like orienting by like spinning in place. Uh, in Nuts, you're using uh, cameras that you set out into the woods at different angles. Uh, and then you go into your trailer and sort of watch the feed and try and catch the squirrel's path through the woods to get to their nest because you're trying to document where their nests are. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other sort of conspiracy starting, kind of like Firewatch, and I hope it pays off in a better way because I didn't like the sort of conspiracy plot through Firewatch, uh, in that there's a construction site that really wants to build here, but they were stopped in the past by us being able to prove the the squirrels made their nests here and they're an endangered species. Right. So I'm pretty sure uh, there's this other plot going around with the construction site trying to demolish the nests so that uh, we don't have proof the endangered species lives here and then they could build here. I don't know what's happening yet. I'm like halfway through the game, I'm pretty sure. But I love it. Nuts is, I'm nuts about nuts. Put it on the box. <laughs> nice. Uh, I should, I should, I think I still have it on Switch. I should like... I think it's it very short. If the, if the chapter list on the um, save screen is accurate, I think I'm halfway through and I only played for like a couple hours. Hmm. I think, so I think uh, it is a short game. Yeah, how long to beat has it like a three and a half hours? So exactly. Um, yeah, I think well worth anyone's time. I love it. Very good. 
and I hope that this conspiracy plot uh, pays off in a way I like because I didn't like that in Firewatch and it really bothered me. Especially like not even like the people watching us plot in that game, but like the main plot around the uh, g- uncle with his nephew. I think in the woods. You remember that? I did. I didn't play it actually. Oh okay. I, I so I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> people watching that game. I... Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. There's two plot lines I don't like in Firewatch. But I like the game for all the other stuff you do and the um, the little moments in the woods and such. Anyway, that's Are not those the guys that I'm went on to be bought by Valve and make like Half Life Alex and stuff. Yeah, well, they were originally announced at the Game Awards like years ago in the Valley of the Gods, which was these two archaeologists oh. breaking into a, an Egyptian pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then that got put on permanent hiatus soon after they got bought by Valve, and I think a bunch of them have been working on other stuff there. Yet. Yeah, yeah, big sad. Uh, yeah, I also played the My Friend Pedro mobile game this week. Not Canadian. They're, um, I think, Swedish. Yeah. Uh, and I actually talked to them at Gamescom a couple years ago, which was really fun when My Friend Pedro was initially coming out. It's that game where you're on the skateboard and you, you, you use each hand to shoot in different directions on, like, a 2D plane to, like, kill people while skateboarding. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mobile game has – I want to bring it up because it's interesting how they monetized it. Uh, you can play the entire game in one run, but as soon as you want to go back to the menu or pause or take a break or close the app, uh, you have to start from the beginning. Um, so you can choose to buy the game to just chapter select and keep your progress uh, or only play it in one run. And it's only like, I think, two ninety nine or three ninety nine. And in the like purchase screen, there are like reasons to play, like uh, save your progress at any time, go back and replay any level you want, uh, support independent game developers. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that is a good reason to buy this game. Uh, so I thought that was a really interesting way to monetize a mobile game I hadn't seen before. I didn't even know like that, like it came out on mobile. So the the controls are very different. It's it's uh, simplified and streamlined in a way that you really don't have to touch two places on the screen. Uh, it works. I like it. Um, Want to download it right now? Do it. Oh, I can play the download sound. Not Canadian. That's okay. I'll count it. Um, in the last game today, I'd been playing or this past week uh, was. Hades, Hades, which finally came to Xbox Game Pass, and yeah, it's it's great, of course. I mean, Hades is one of the most over-talked about. I don't like. I don't want to throw around the term overhype. Like, it earns a lot of the respect and recognition it gets, but it just like dominated the discussion in a way that like very few games do, to the point where it kind of felt suffocating. Yeah. Um, and I was all on board. Like, I was rooting for it at the Game Awards. I watched the No Clip, like, several hour long documentary series on the development, listened to interviews with the team on different publications. So, like, I get it. I love it. And I just don't have much more to say about that. It hasn't already been said. It's good. If you don't like roguelikes, I would argue you still wouldn't like Hades because it is that thing where you can play for, like, an hour and then die and go back to the very beginning. Um, but in someone like me who's, like, hate, roguelike partial, all the ways they integrate the story. Uh, into the into the way uh, you replay over and over that that constantly makes new conversations distract from the fact that I'm replaying the same sections of game over and over really works for me. All right, nice. Steve, hit me with what you were playing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I rambled a bit there. No, that's totally fine. I, I know what you mean by Hades. Like every like I feel like everyone has played. Hades. It, mm-hmm. it has that feeling. And in a year where Last of Us 2 came out and all those other games, like it's still one game of the year and whatnot a lot mm-hmm. of time. So um I didn't play that much a lot this week. So I played Curve Space finally, which is twin six shooter from Only by Midnight out in Alberta. Um we're in the credits, but as Oh no way. That's awesome. Well, not like Canadian game does is in the credits. Like, yeah. Special deck. That's awesome. Um and it's it's a f- pretty sweet twin six shooter, like because it has the gravity stuff of like a Mario Galaxy or whatever, where like the Super worlds Stardust. are like, yeah. Well, Super Stardust was always on spheres, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but like in that the uh, your projectiles uh, stay a, stay Flow. the same, yeah, uh, distance above the ground <laughs> even as space curves. Yeah, it, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So the the worlds are all these like cool Mobius strips or whatever. Like it's really really neat. Um, but I don't. I played it for like an hour or whatever, and it was just like it was a lot of fun. Finally happy to like dive back into that. that's why i wanted to play shrip too because i was like oh it's a it's a weekend of of twin six shooters but it's like a physical one, like, copy too right i didn't get the physical copy i didn't know it existed until i like bought it digital but um it, I, I, I have it right now 
I have seen a copy of it. Oh, play the song. I have seen copies of it at EB Games or whatever. Um, and the one thing though is like you get weapons as like uh, as like you defeat enemies and stuff like that. But they all seem to be maybe I just haven't played it enough. But they all look the same when you go to pick them up, so you don't know what it is. Um, so it's like really annoying because like there's certain weapons I don't want, like a sniper rifle and stuff like that. But speaking of roguelikes, I also played another match of Tribes of Midgard. Ooh. It's still super fun. They did like kind of tinker with some of the stuff, which is good. I still think I'm going to let this one cook for a little bit. But like still my major complaint is like in order to get any like in order to beat it in one sitting, it's like three hours long. And so to play like a random match or whatever, it's like uh, you got to like dedicate some time to it. It's still cool that you can like create your world and kind of just come back to it and like you could play it while I'm away and stuff like that. But I don't have any friends to do that. So someone should mm-hmm. buy it and play it with me. Um, so I have a world going as well, but like when I play with just randos, like I'm like, okay, well I have to set aside like two hours for this and, uh, it's pretty sweet. We got to, we got very close to the end. Didn't beat it, but got very close. Uh, and then just kind of like dabbled in, I downloaded backbone play. Cause like I saw a tweet that the developers like, you know, despite a 57 kind of review mixed, score on steam, mixed, on mixed. Steam. yeah. Um, they have enough money for their next game or whatever and all that stuff. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know it got like mixed reviews. And I looked at some of the reviews and I guess like it starts off strong and then kind of, you know, falls apart a little bit or whatever. So I was just like that. I was curious about it. So I downloaded that, but I really only played like the first 10 minutes, but the app, the, like the look of it is like still super sweet. You've played more of it. Have, did you beat it or no? Uh, no, I got to act three of, I think five or six. Um, so I got pretty deep into the conspiracy story. It's essentially you, Howard Ratner, Ratner? No, Howard Lodor. Uh, you're a you're a anthropomorphized raccoon private detective who's the lowest rung of this animal cast society. So everyone treats you like shit. Uh, and you team up with this writer who's trying to like bust um, this like sort of human trafficking ring in the city. Uh, that you all find that out very early in the first chapter. Uh, and so the the majority of the acts so far have been me going out into the world to interview people, get information, sort of like use pressure on people who I need information from, using things in the environment, uh, breaking into places. Uh, and all the settings are gorgeous. I dig the music. And in between every chapter, there's like this full game or, or full widescreen art that's uh, it's like graphic novel art almost. Uh, and like so, like the smoke above the pipe moves a little bit and stuff like that. But that those are really beautiful too. Um, yeah, I really like Backbone. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I want to play more of that, obviously. But I did want to give it a shout out. And then I played like I went back into Resident Evil Zero because I just want to play a Resident Evil game. And then downloaded uh, Genshin Impact and started talking to your girlfriend about it. Oh yeah, been... Genshin comrades group chat. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> It's like I've only played that game for an hour, which is like essentially nothing. But it's uh, it's just a big open world Zelda game. But I was like, I can't, I've been wanting to try it out, and my friend even saw me playing it and messaged me. He's like, "You finally played it? Let's play together." And I was like, "Apparently, I can till level sixteen or some shit. I don't know." Um, but I'm excited to to play more of that. But I like I hadn't I didn't play anything for more than like an hour. Like I just played a bunch of different kind of games this week or this last two weeks even. Huh. That's pretty much it. Curve space. That's good. Curve Space is good. Canadian game. Canadian Rex for the week. Nuts and Curve Space. Uh, and Backbone. All. And Tribes of Midgard. Oh, look at us go, Steve. There we go. I'm sure there's a Canadian who worked on Genshin Impact, maybe. That's a big company. Yeah, but isn't it all in. It's entirely a Chinese company, right? Uh, yeah, but, you know, people move back and forth. I think I That's talked true. to. Oh, who did I talk to at the Darwin Project? launch party in toronto i talked to this guy who then we started following each other on twitter and then they got recruited from toronto to go to china to work at one of the studios there so like just knowing that story i think people going over because especially with how aggressively a lot of studios are moving into the chinese market there's a lot yeah. of talent going there to set things up there's 2400 employees at at uh, the developers you gotta imagine there's at least yeah, yeah there's a chance. Yeah. There's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. 
there's also a, a chance for you to support us, uh, keep making the show by going to patreon.com slash KanadianGameDevs, uh, as that's it for this episode uh, number 194 of the KanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Uh, at the end of every podcast, we like to thank everyone who helps us do what we do. We back us at the credited patron tier or higher. We personally thank you. Aaron McLeod, Canuck Play David Winter, David Nagy, Daniel Miller, Dugsy, Eric Beer, Eleanor, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shefstone, Jeffrey Canham, Graf Metal, Kai Hutchins, Meow the Leon, Nicholas A. Zorko, Nav from the Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, check out Rocket Rumble now in early access, Sean Hayden, and Stacy H. Uh, we'd also love any feedback you have about the pod. Drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or if the review or the service you're using doesn't let you do reviews, you can send any feedback to contact at CanadianGameDevs.com. At Canada Game Devs on Twitter, Canadian Game Devs doesn't fit the 15-character limit. Steve and I are also linked in the bio there if you want to follow us personally to hear about baseball and your daughter. Fairly consistent content. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, basketball's off off now, right? Yeah, there's no more basketball. For okay, that. yeah. So baseball family and video games and trophies i, I complain about trophies yeah <laughs> okay and if you want to follow me for nonsense political shit posting uh what do we got on for bets right now i say canada women's soccer get the w i win that one uh liberal election hasn't sorry wow wow projecting <laughs> the nova scotia election hasn't happened yet it happens tuesday so uh it'll have already happened and i'll be there Slightly less depressed or significantly more depressed, depending on the outcome. Who's in power right now, liberals? The liberals. And yeah. they have been for a long, long time. Um, the entire Atlantic Canada, I think, went liberal in the last federal election. So we really got to work on that. If Trudeau daddy's actually dropping the writ today as we're recording Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's 15th. right. Dude, not to get political on a video game podcast... But, yeah, I'm not excited for another election. <laughs> I'm really not excited for Trudeau to come to Halifax and try and convince me to vote for him. I don't know what I would do because this area, we were discussing this on the Discord, too, mm-hmm. has been conservative since the ni- like early 90s. Mm-hmm. There's only been – so the way I looked at it was gray, there's Grey Bruce, basically. And so back, before 1999, I think, it was Owen Sound and then Grey or what are the two areas? So Owen Sound was... Two different like, writings? Or both yeah. of those? Okay. And so, like, basically Owen Sound was a writing, and then the surrounding areas was another writing. Hmm. And so it seemed like, I think, one of them back before then, one was, like, liberal voting kind of flip-flopping, and the other one was always conservative. Mm-hmm. And then they merged in, like, 1998 or 99 or something like that. And since then, there's only been two people who've been the MPs, and it's it's both been conservative and the guy is running for re-election again and i gotta imagine he's going probably to, gonna he, win he would win like uh, i don't know everyone here seemed i know the internet's not like facebook's not real life but everyone in the facebook seems to hate the mayor of owen sound and not necessarily like any higher government than that huh. also it's just been fucking conservative since like the 90s so yeah <laughs> what? like yeah. i don't know there's no re- i don't see any reason why it would uh go elsewhere but, the only person uh, to come to my door and say hi to me provincially was Lisa. Give her her last name's Lachance, so I was like, "Why not Lisa, give Lisa Lachance?" Yeah. <laughs> like, no. It's like, oh, okay, but yeah, um, a very um, passionate. If you're listening to this and in Nova Scotia, also please vote NDP. I need rent control. I'm so scared of getting my rent jacked another four hundred dollars for no reason other than they can because there's no rent control. So my plea to anyone living in Nova Scotia who hasn't voted yet, and I guess is also our patron because this goes live Monday and the election's Tuesday. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho, yeah. Lisa was one of the first people in Canadian history to get legally gay married, which is also cool. Oh, there you go. 2003. Damn. Yeah. It was the, yeah, that's crazy. I know, right? I thought that was, you know what? That's that's putting your money where your mouth is in terms mm-hmm. of pro- progressive politics. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, become gay and yeah, no, you, you you know how to convince me that you're for gay rights, being one of the <laughs> first people to ever take make use of gay rights. You know yeah. what? I believe you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, shout out to Lisa. I hope you're my I hope you're my MLA 
member of legislative assembly by the end of this week. I can almost guarantee she won't be, but... Anywho, send good vibes and have yourself some good vibes from Steve and I and KennyGainives.com. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Quote of the day today is, those who make the worst use of their time are the first to complain of its brevity. Kind of like that one, to be honest. Jean de la Brie. He was only 50 when he died, so. That's not good. Speaking of brevity. (laughs) (laughs) He also died really quickly. (laughs) 